Let's start off very, very basic. Will a six pack help me as a soccer player? Logically. Why pregame meals are important. If you do strength training, you can generate more force on the ground. It will take you less stride to get to that ball. Until you get there, you can make that up with hard work and dedication and training. On top of it, right? So if you're a player that has little to no training history, imagine the, the gains and speed that you can get in such a short period of time because you're doing things. This is why strength training is important. I don't care how you do your strength training. I don't you know some people like to go to the gym. I just wanted to double down on that really quick. The point is you have to get stronger. Hello, soccer players. Welcome to the latest episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience. It's me, your co-host, Andy, with my main man, Berg. Berg, how are you doing today, bro? You know, man, it's it's Sunday. It's 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 meal prepping. So spending some time with the girlfriend. You know, my Sundays are usually pretty boring. I don't do much. But I I, I think I was watching a Tottenham. I was, I was watching Tottenham today. Tottenham was doing pretty, doing pretty well. Give me a very entertaining game today. I, I like it. Mm, all it's right, like, solid, solid. Seems like um, what's his name, Son. <laughs> You know, Son is like a, a legitimate player, man. I'm surprised he's still at Tottenham. I mean, they can use him in like Real Madrid or Real Madrid. <laughs> some other team. Yeah, he yeah, could man. definitely be used in Real Madrid. For sure, definitely. Like, honestly, that's a perfect fit. It is a perfect fit. Because yeah. his work rate is unbelievable. Yeah, and he's got the skills. He's got the pace. and He's, he's got like it, the swag too. He, he's got everything, man. When you think, I, I, what I, what, I'm impressed mostly by his finishing mm-hmm. his finishing is pretty good yep for sure how about you man how how's everything huh you went to csm right i did i went to a physical therapy conference over the weekend um so my sleep schedule is all out of whack because oh, like wow. where was didn't it really it was in denver colorado Ooh, okay yeah but um we back you know we're ready to get back into it i got nine weeks left of clinicals Woo! and then that's a wrap. The countdown begins, man. Countdown begins. And then you 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 get you you study for your boards, get your license. Yep, yep, take, yep. Take on the world. I like it. Yes, sir. Well, today we're talking about staying fit while recovering, specifically from a leg injury. And I think this is a very important topic because a lot of lower extremity injuries, they have a pretty long period of recovery. Mm-hmm. And as a soccer player, Um, Not only are you worried about, you know, coming back from your injury, having the actual thing that was injured being healthy, but the entire lower leg not only needs to be strong, but needs to be fit as well, like in terms of match fitness. So today, what we're going to talk about is how you can stay in good um, cardiovascular shape or conditioning shape Mm -hmm. um, while you're recovering from a lower leg injury. That's true. Yeah, that's... We have gotten that question a whole lot, Andy, about, you know, hey, what can I do? I'm injured. I'm antsy. I'm, I'm you know, I feel like I'm going to lose much fitness. I feel like my spot's going to be taken. You know, people are very worried about um, this, this, this time between the, the, that transitioning time between, not transitioning, but that time from when they are injured to going back into tr- team training again. People are antsy. They want to do stuff. They don't want to just focus on just rehab they they're trying to find a way to to maintain match fitness and uh what i mostly found when when people are asking me those questions is 
they don't know what to do. And some people don't even know that it's possible to stay relatively fit in terms of cardiovascular endurance while, while injured. So one of, so basically that's that's why we're doing the podcast, (laughs) just to tell you guys some of the exercise that you can actually do. It's possible to, you know, stay, I would say relatively fit because, you know, it's different movement pattern. You're not going to be able to maintain a hundred percent fitness level, but one of the benefit in staying active while recovering from a leg injury is, you know, you kind of reduce how fast your fitness decline. At the same time, you it, it helps you with maintaining your sanity while you recover from an injury. You know, instead of being there, just going to your PT and work out and not doing nothing, you can go to your PT and do your rehab and do some stuff to you know keep your keep your fitness in in sort of like good quality so that's that's the benefit of staying active while injured now of course you want to know exactly how it's done yeah for sure and i think one of the in terms of coming back from injury obviously your rehab is going to be the most important and you should definitely stick by whoever's doing your rehab a hundred percent. But sometimes as players, you're like, man, I, I miss that feeling of like, you know, going onto the field or going into weight room and like getting my butt kicked and leaving in a dripping sweat because of this injury. I haven't had that in Mm -hmm. a while. Um, And in terms of strength, which is probably going to be addressed in your rehab, um, strength drops off pretty quickly after about seven days of not doing any heavy strength training, your fitness will decline in terms of conditioning, you know, like match fitness, you could call it. That's a little bit longer. It could be two to three weeks before your level starts to decline. Um, but a lot of these injuries, again, they take longer than two to three weeks to recover from. So one of the best ways you can stay fit is to do things like cross training. So you can do things such as rowing, Um, things that don't involve excessive lower extremity movement, like boxing and cycling. Um, You could do stuff in the pool. And this is great, especially if you're coming off of, let's say, crutches or something like that, where you want to be careful about how much weight you're putting through your leg. Um, Or you could do like an upper body circuit, right? Because that's just going to get your heart rate up. And it might not be exactly what you're looking for again, Mm -hmm. but your heart rate's going up. Your conditioning is going to improve. And you're going to get some sort of benefit out of it. Yeah. The key principle is just to, to try to keep your heart rate high. You know, you, of course, you're not doing soccer movement, obviously, but the idea is to keep your heart rate high so you can maintain or reduce how fast that stamina decline. And um, ideally, you should keep it at 70 to like 90% of a, your heart rate max. For example, me, my heart rate max is like, 190 right so if i'm injured if i have a um, lower leg injury uh when i go work out to to trying to maintain some fitness level i would try to keep my heart rates gonna be around like i want to keep it from like one set 165 160 to like you know like 170 175 and i think that's pretty i think that's pretty doable if you're doing like other exercise that exercise that doesn't involve, um, you know, using your leg, so to speak. So I think that's pretty doable. Um, the other thing is too, is I know we, we also know that there's, there are multiple lower leg injury. 
you know, there's ankle injury, there's knee injury, calf injury, groin injury, hip injury. So obviously some exercise that Andy just listed is not going to apply to every lower leg injury because some exercise stress different tissue um, in the body. So what we're going to do now is go over like certain lower extremity injury and give you an example of things you can do. Yeah, for sure. So let's start with the ankle because I think that's one that's the most common, whether it be ankle sprain, high ankle sprain, um, some sort of ankle fracture. There's a lot that you can, you can work around with the ankle. Um, Specifically, you can do stuff in the pool if you're coming off of a fracture. And I can speak to this personally, actually, because when I had my ankle surgery, I was non-weight bearing for, I want to say about two months. And after that, going from that to, you know, one crutch at a time on the boot, um, and then eventually walking, um, I miss that feeling of exercise. And it's every player, you know, they, they want to eventually take a break at some time, but sometimes our breaks are a little bit too long. In terms yeah, of, it is long. You know, like having an off season, things like that. Well, I was, I pretty much did no exercise from november up until the middle of january Mm. just because i couldn't do anything how much Um, weight did you gain by the way so it's funny exercising i i didn't gain and this is why numbers aren't everything when it comes to weight so i didn't gain a single pound really but at the same time i didn't go to the gym for one and a half to two months so I'm assuming that I lost muscle mass and I gained fat mass pretty much at the same rate. Um, pretty much right now I'm the same exact weight as I was when I, um, when I was doing my surgery. Yeah. When I was injured. Um, but in terms of just doing stuff in the pool, if you haven't gotten a good pool workout in, in your life, I highly recommend you go and try it because you can really work your upper extremity and your lower extremity and get your heart rate up super high just by doing a few laps in the pool. I know. I've, I've tried it. I was like, what? Especially coming, especially if you, if you don't know how to swim. I say it's, you get a, a harder workout if you don't know how to swim and you go in the pool, um, especially where your leg, you're trying to stay in the area where your leg is actually reaching, <laughs> reaching the floor, especially if you don't know how to swim. But as a as a as someone who's not a good swimmer, like you you your heart rate goes even higher if you're trying to do some workout in the pool because you your body is not super efficient as you know keeping you afloat and whatnot. So you use way too much movement. You spend way too much energy trying to like maneuver around the water. So like Andy said, it's it's highly recommended. Yep, for sure. And you can also do a ton with the upper body, right? So you can do things like um, an upper body circuit where you have just maybe just doing bodyweight stuff or lightweight stuff, doing a, a circuit where you're working biceps, triceps, or chest, your back. And you can get your heart rate up super high while doing that too. And also, if you haven't done battle ropes, mm. I highly recommend you try that too because you think you're in shape but you're not in battle rope shape and you probably never will be. So it's always a good challenge for you to try. Roaring is actually, well, you can, you can actually do roaring too. Um, 
but sometimes you have to watch out you know as how much weight are you putting in the lower extremity um that's something you can maneuver around uh, but the idea with the circuit and if you're doing any sort of you know battle rope circuit or um, upper body circuit or if you're doing some some laps in the pool the idea is you're trying to maintain um the the work to rest ratio needs to be you know tuned need to be fine-tuned to a point where you know you actually reaching that higher rate the higher heart rate and taking as you know little rest as possible so if your rest is like three minutes long then we're not we're not we're not we're not working here your rest needs to be you know at least short talking like 15 to 20 seconds rest and then go back to it yep for sure and i think another key thing about what you said was the intensity and again we want to be in that 80 percent plus um 70 80 percent plus of our heart rate and I think a good tool to use for that is, well, I think we've talked about it before, rate the of, RPE scale. Yeah, rate of perceived exertion. So you want to stay, at, if you were to rate how difficult your exercise was on a scale of zero to 10, if you want to do these conditioning activities, you want to stay at about a seven out of 10 or higher. A seven out of 10 would put you between 70 and 79%, eight, 80 to 89, and nine plus would be 90% of your heart rate about. Um, and although that's an estimate, it's pretty accurate. So try to stay in that intense zone. That's true. The other one, um, let, now let's talk, let's switch gear a little bit and talk about knee injury, right? So you give it, you know, your, your ACL, your patellofemoral, uh, injury, you know, your ligament, your knee ligament injury, so to speak. So what, if you have those kind of injury and those are the ones that kind of sideline you for a really long time, especially, you know, an ACL injury. So what can you do to maintain your fitness level? Doing like, well, like, well, you're going to say something? Yeah. I feel like you can do a lot of the, a lot of the similar things from the ankle. Yeah, you um, can, you can. Yeah. And it's, this is also tricky too, because the exercises that you do, you definitely don't want it to detract from whatever you're doing in your rehab. So yes, we can do things like, um, rowing for instance but you don't want to be so fatigued from rowing that now you can't do your strength training that you need for your acl recovery um so it's tricky which is why i think that a lot of upper body stuff could be helpful during the knee injuries as well yeah battle rope too can be super efficient um you don't you don't really have to like squat down you can just do it standing up and just battle up the hell out of that rope um <laughs> rowing can be can be efficient too but you know you have to modify it i don't know if you guys remember gabriel jesus um had a knee injury was it a knee injury i think yeah, it, was, it was mcl yeah it was an mc had an mcl injury and like legit like i think it was like four days after the surgery the dude posted on instagram uh he's like trying to maintain fitness and he's just rowing you know one leg was on the row machine and the other leg was on the ground but on like on the scooter thing so that way when he move his leg will be able to move alongside him and you know there you can get creative with this you can and i think another benefit that especially we saw out of that incidence with gabriel zeus was whenever you're working through some sort of injury and you're showing dedication in terms of 
doing whatever it takes to stay fit and healthy, um, other people notice. And I'm sure that the coaching staff of Manchester City and other clubs around that saw mm-hmm. that video was like, man, this guy will do, do not only what he will do anything to, to get fit and stay fit. And it, it's important to not confuse that with doing too much, right? Because anybody can see that and say, hey, whenever I have an MC, I'm going to do the same exact thing. But no, he's doing what he needs to do. Because I believe at that time what was going on, it was, I think it was in the winter. And you you guys know how Premier League is in the winter, yeah. you know, December, January, a ton of fixtures. Injury, he needs to stay fit. Festival. Exactly. And MCL, it's an injury that takes six to eight weeks. When he comes back, he doesn't have those two to three weeks to get his fitness back, right? He, he needs to be there. So another benefit of doing this thing is that you're staying fit and everybody else sees that you are trying to stay fit. Your coaching staff will notice, your teammates will notice, and I think that'll be good for you in the long run. Well said. He also didn't have the luxury to slack off, man. He's in Men's City. (laughs) You drop, you you have an MCL injury, man. That that, that little kid on the bench is like hungry to take your spot. So that's what you afford to be, you know, to take some leisure time while he was injured. No, you couldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, now let, let's, let's, let's switch gear again and talk about hamstring injury now. What other exercises can we, can we do? Ooh, so hamstring's tricky, right? Because yeah, it's a little tricky here. A lot of the exercises we would traditionally do um, involve activity from the hamstring. So I think this is one in particular where it really needs to be in balance with your strength program. Because you especially do not want to detract from your strength program to do more cardio um, while putting load on the hamstring. So I think, Berg, your your idea of a modified assault bike was really good here. Yeah. Um, can you explain that? So uh, one of my teammates from from my um, amateur league had a hamstring injury, and I was rehabbing him. And I was trying to figure out, he's like, yo, I'm, I'm antsy, man. I want to do stuff. I want to, I want to, I want to run. So he already started jogging as soon as he could walk, as soon as he could walk, he would, he would, he would go on a treadmill and start, you know, jogging at a light pace. But even that, that would irritate the hamstring. So when I saw him, I said, you know what, let's put you on the assault bike. Um, keep your knee at a certain degree. So that way you don't extend your hamstring, uh, and then uh, let's, let's, let's use most of your upper body to on the assault bike instead of like pushing with your um, feet. And he got a little good workout out of that. So that's, that's why I, I put it as a pointer here. You know, if you guys have access to an assault bike, figure out a way to like keep your knees, you know, a little bit like slightly like at a more, keep your, keep your knee bent a little bit. Not, and then, um, so that when you pedal, your knee doesn't extend fully. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not pull, tugging on on the engine string, and then you use most of your upper body. And I think a really good point about what you said was, whenever a hamstring injury happens, it tends to happen when not when you're using it um, concentrically, like not when it's actively pulling your leg back, no. but when your leg is stretching forward and you're reaching forward with that leg. 
So if you want to maintain your fitness while you have this sort of injury, what you might want to do is say, hey, I'm going to strengthen that range of motion in my strength program. But when it comes to cardio, which is really an added bonus to it, I'm going to avoid that by doing things like going on a salt bike where I'm not getting into that range of motion. Um, another thing that I think you can do is um, just simply walk on the treadmill, you know, and even and put the treadmill on an incline. Yeah, that, that, that's another one. That's really it goes. Say, hey, I'm just going to walk here and for sure. And people say, oh, walking on the treadmill, that's easy. Well, put it mm -hmm. on the max incline. You know, on a, yeah. see how that goes especially you know entering injury usually after like a a, a a week or two you can sort of like tolerate some some light jogging like very very slow pace so if you do try to do that slow pace on an incline what it does it if you're on an incline it, it prevent you from extending your leg all the way so imagine some light jogging at a steep hill Ooh, that will get your heart rate up man I, i'll tell you are you going to stairmasters Yep. Yep. I won't always <laughs> kick people's asses. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And we also have, you know, the other things we already talked about. We have boxing, you know, that's another fun thing, right? Yeah, so talk about psychological benefit. That's something fun, something new that you can use to keep your conditioning up. Um, we also have rowing and then again, the upper body circuit. Yeah. And groin injury, on the other hand, that's one that's, um, it's a little bit tricky, just like the hamstring. Groin injury involve, you know, it, 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 it can happen. Groin injury is a little bit complicated because it can happen at your hip flexor. It can happen at your, your, your what we call um, your gracilis or your, your inner, well, your gracilis and your adductor muscle can also happen deep within your hip flexor where it's, it's almost like to, um, reaching your abs. So that one, you're going to have to play it, play around to see which exercise aggravate it and which doesn't. But for the most part, you know, a, a upper body circuit where you focus mainly on the upper body, don't try to include core exercise into it. That could aggravate it even more depending on where exactly the injury. But, you know, a, a, a upper body circuit, like including row, some pull-ups, um, some shoulder press, adding some battle rope in there too. That can be mm -hmm. great. So if you guys have noticed, we've pretty much said with every sort of lower extremity injury, you can do a lot of upper body exercises, which a lot of soccer players, you know, they're, they're hesitant to do some sort of upper body because they say, hey, soccer is a lower extremity sport. Well, guess what? Your, your upper body is going to be key in the fact that one is going to allow you to stay fit and two, it's going to actually improve your recovery because whenever you have your blood flowing throughout your entire body at 70 to 90% of your max heart rate, um, you, now you have nutrients circulating everywhere, right? And they're going to the places in your body where you need them to go. Yeah, that's well, nicely said, man. Yeah, just some, some other things that I kind of thought of um, while we were talking. Um, when I did my internship at Athletic Lab in North Carolina, they trained a lot of um, football players. And when most people think of a football player, they either think of like a, a wide receiver, you know, very athletic. They almost kind of look like soccer players in a way. But there's also like, you know, big, beefy linemen. Yeah. And some of the, the linemen, they 
they it's not best for them to do activities like traditional um, conditioning activities. So some of the things that they do um, to get their heart rate up, that's not too, too much of a stressor in terms of um, the pressure they're putting on their joints. Um, things like heavy sled pushes, you know, especially if you have something like a hamstring injury, get a, a weight sled, load it up and just push it. You know, that's not very stressful and it's going to definitely get your heart rate up. Um, you can also do battle ropes and also heavy carries. Yeah, so another heavy one. Dumbbell. Oh, yes. Yep. You pick that a heavy dumbbell and you're trying to walk like like a 500 feet with it. Oh, mm-mm. get your heart rate up. That was at the end. You won't be that sore, but you're going to say, dang, my heart is pumping a lot harder mm-hmm. than it should be. You know? Sometimes if you do isometrics too, that, that can get your, your, your heart rate up. You, you maintain a, po- a pose for a certain, like you do a wall squat, right? And you stay there for like two minutes. Yeah. That can get your heart rate up too. But, you know, sometimes people don't like just doing one thing for a long period of time. That drives me crazy. Mm-hmm, for sure. No, right. I think that's about all we had for you guys. I know um, throughout each injury we we tend to be sort of redundant cycling to the same exercises but you know it's every injury requires a different if you want to work around certain injury you know there's certain exercises going to be appropriate and also there's exercise that might not be appropriate so that we you know it was necessary to just cycle through and repeat certain things and um yeah yeah for sure um So yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we will see you guys next week. All right. Peace, guys.